Hey everybody, it's Todd Dills with this edition of Overdrive Radio for you for January 20th, 2023. We're going to hear today from a man who's been making a name for himself around the Atlanta area truck community the last decade or so while building a small fleet. Well, I'm Mike Nell, CEO of Keep Trucking Transportation. And not just for his 20 or so truck fleet, mostly owners leased on, including many owner-operators. Mike Nelms has just a few trucks of his own. Nelms has brought instincts for raising up those around him, those with an interest in the business, which he's incorporated directly into his Keep Trucking Transportation fleet's operations. All employed there approach relationships with contracted owners with an educational mission, at least in part, in mind. And last year, Nelms debuted a first-time event in Atlanta to connect owner-operators and others with trucking businesses potential funding sources, whether operators looking to start out with a truck loan or other needed lending in the form of a mixer or downtown rooftop. The second such event is coming up on his birthday, March 4th, 2023, on top of the Ascent Building from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. There's more to it than just funding, ultimately, too. You know, it's important to bring people who are already in the industry, uh, who have their own viable resources, but people who are looking to get in the industry. Uh, the thing that we always, um, I always ask drivers that's been driving for, you know, five, 10 years, you know, why haven't you become an owner operator? You know, company drivers are cool, owner operators are cool as well, but like, why haven't you made that transition? And the answer is always the same, funding and mentorship. Uh, you know, most drivers, they, they don't, they don't, they haven't tapped into the part of the business side of trucking, you know, like how do you properly factor a load? Um, what is a factor in company? Some people have been driving for a while, but just haven't haven't learned the back end or front end office. Um, and then you have people who have you know four or five trucks, and they want to they want to scale to ten trucks. People who are looking to purchase their first truck. We know that funding is always the number one cause why people just don't buy a truck. They don't they don't go from a company driver to an owner operator, even though they they've been dreaming it. You know, probably their whole CDO career. Um, and then people who are new in the industry who just can't seem to get the, the proper funding. So we were able to kind of put everybody under one umbrella, you know, called the rooftop mixer. It's right on the rooftop here in Atlanta. It's an awesome, awesome space, safe space. Um, and it's a space just to network. And we also provide funding right at the rooftop. We get your approval for funding. Um, we help you buy your truck. Um, there's a lot of trucking companies out here in Georgia. Um, even, you know, even buying trucks from, from auction sites like Richie Brothers and Iron Planet, which we've done a lot of. And so it's really just kind of putting everybody in one space, right? Um, we have mechanics coming there. I'm a brand ambassador for a factoring company, so they'll be flying in. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, again, just a network and see how you can actually get in the industry or scale. But the number one thing is the funding. Uh, the last event we funded over 1.2 million. And so um, in commercial funding. And so this event, of course, we want to try to double it. That, that's our goal is to try to get more people out, um, get more people aware of how difficult it is to get funding and the fact that we're able to do it. So really just trying to, uh, to close the gap, right? Um, just to be as innovative as possible. Um, I, I see that in trucking. It's always some, some gaps. It's always, you know, a disconnect between the broker and the dispatchers, so we're going to have some some dispatchers and brokers in the room as well, just to have that conversation outside of trying to book a load, right? Um, and, I, and, I, and I think sometimes, um, you know, sometimes the brokers have more money in the load and sometimes they don't. But just to have that dialogue back and forth, I think it'll kind of close the gap, you know, between the broker and the dispatcher. We're all one team. I mean, from 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 the broker, the dispatcher, the, the owner, owner, operator, the customer, we all have one goal in mind. Right. Is to is to fix this supply chain issue that we seem to have. Right? So yeah. I think if we put everybody under under one umbrella. We did it last time in October. It was a huge success. 
Um, we have probably twice the amount of people buying tickets now that want to actually come to the event. I think they just had to see it first. You know, they yeah. had to see what was really going to happen at that event. And now that they see it, and we got a pretty good buzz, um, we got a lot of people with new faces that's going to be under the rooftop that can use, um, you know, use our services. We'll hear much more from Mike Nelms about those services, about the Keep Trucking Transportation fleet, about owners leased on, and more after this quick break for a word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. When you have a diesel emergency, you don't have time to wait around for 911. Instead, call your lifeline. How's Diesel Lifeline? The only emergency rescue product to reliquify gel fuel and de-ice frozen fuel filters without the use of harmful alcohol. Always safe to use, you can pour it directly into your fuel filters without wasting time mixing it with additional diesel fuel. So this winter, if you find yourself stuck in a bind, skip the tow. Get yourself back on the road fast with Howe's Diesel Lifeline. For more information, visit HowesProducts.com. That's Howes. H-O-W-E-S. HowesProducts.com. Here's Mike Nelms, originally from snowy Buffalo, New York, but now calling Atlanta, Georgia, home. We partnered with um, Business Course Academy. Um, they're pretty much the funding side of it. So they, you know, they and they stay in their lane and do their part. We do our part as far as helping them get the trucks, helping them get leased on. We do teach people how to get leased on. And we do have, you know, contracts in place to get people who are new to the industry or who have been in it for a while and just kind of got a little burnt out. Um, you know, we'll definitely run their companies for them. Um, but yeah, so they have a lot of relationships with direct lenders um, from every facet of the country. So, um, you know, so if you're, you know, if you're in Cali, you can still get you funded. If you're here in Georgia, we can still get you funded. So yes, we had to we had to partner with them in order to make this 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 uh this rooftop a success. Well, I'm Mike Nell, CEO of Keep Trucking Transportation, a Howard University graduate uh, who specializes on leasing on trucks, trailers, mentorship, consultation, and and now funding. Um, well, you know when we first I was I had a few businesses prior to, um, very challenging, but I, but I thought that you know trucking was one of the only businesses that I could tap into where there was so many multiple streams that we could create. You know, usually when you when you open a business, there's probably one, maybe two at best ways that you can actually create, you know, streams of revenue. But in trucking, we were able to, um, you know, start um, so many different ways. Like we, we learn how to buy trailers and rent trailers. So now we are also, as, as the last maybe year or two, we've been teaching people how to buy trailers, rent trailers, kind of a, we looked at it like a real estate standpoint. You know, it's just real estate on wheels, right? Um, to, to recreate that residual income. Uh, we started doing dispatch training classes because we understand that you know dispatching is it's the it's the center point of all trucking it's the only part of trucking where you're going to learn how to uh have conversation with your insurance broker like what needs to go on that coi what type of insurance do you need um having relationships with the brokers even direct shippers of course drivers company drivers owner operators you know it's, it's the it's the one focal point that Everyone needs to know, right? Even if you're, even if you're a company driver, you should still understand what what goes on. You know, why is the rate kind of important? Why is the bill important? Not just that we need to sign, but why, right? Um, you know, how to make sure we have that proper chain of custody. So again, trucking was just one of those things, and then you know now the mixer is just one of those things that we can kind of dive into and we can learn as much as possible, and then just turn around and disseminate that same information. So that's really why we wanted to get in trucking. We knew it was challenging, but we knew it was. It was a way that we could, you know, teach as we learned. And then, of course, you know, made as much money off of trucking as possible. 
from a business standpoint. Right, right. <clears throat> Do you ever, you ever uh, drive yourself? I drove a box truck. All right, okay. so I drove for a little bit, maybe about two, three. I bought a box truck, and then I had taught myself in the box truck, and that's how we learned, you know, the, the freight and how to pick and drop and all the paperwork. Um, and then, of course, we put a driver in it. So as far as a CDL, no, I don't have a CDL. <laughs> okay. Um, it is a challenge. I mean, you know, I think people think CDLs are just something you can just easily go get. You know, it's um, it's a lot. It's a lot that the driver has to take on. And so I definitely respect my, my CDL holders, although I am not a CDL holder. What's your basic trucking operation look like today? We run right now uh, 22 trucks. Okay. Most of them are leased on. Um, I own a few trucks myself. Um, I scaled back a little bit so I could focus more on the leasing aspect of it. Um, so, um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's difficult. Trucking is difficult. You know, we handle the breakdowns. Uh, we handle the onboarding, the drivers, finding the drivers, um, of course, keeping up with all your federal filings. It's a, it's a task. It's a daunting task. Um, we had a breakdown just yesterday where the, um, the clutch went out. Unfortunately, it was loaded um, out there in Washington, Georgia, where there's really not many uh, mechanic shops. Uh, couldn't get the drivers to the hotel because we couldn't get the Uber signal to work. So it's always just trying to find solutions for problems. That's pretty much what I do all day, right? Yeah. That's it. I'm just a, I'm big, I'm a big uh, solution finder. But I always say in trucking uh, during my mentorships that we give and even our consultations, like you have to find a solution for a problem before it exists. We know trucking is going to have problems. We know there's going to be breakdowns, tire blowouts. You know, shippers not ready to, to, to load your truck, you know, dealing with the tension and, and layover. We just know that there is no there. You know, with this many trucks that we have now, there's always going to be some type of issue that we have to resolve. But the good thing for us is that, you know, we, we try to prevent most of the issues. If it's just, yeah. you know, making sure we're getting our PMs done. Right. Um, making sure that uh, at least our fleet manager is, is, is scheduling those maintenance so that we can prevent those breakdowns on the road. Um, I know that uh, DOT inspections are once a year, but we have our trucks come through every 45 days. They'll come through Atlanta, they'll meet one of our mechanics, and they'll just go over the truck. Nine times out of ten, nothing's wrong, but with those few times when we catch an oil leak or we catch an air leak, um, you know, that can prevent that, that, that lease on that owner um, from having to deal with something that they have to pay maybe three times the amount. We could have caught it early. So right. I tell people, yeah, you can make, you know, $8,000 a week on a drive-in or a reefer, but how much are you keeping? And when you're leasing your equipment on, you need to make sure that they have the proper resources in place so that we can bring home more money than we're spending. And I, and I, I think that, you know, in this industry, it's a um, we need more mentors. We need more education. We push education. I'm big on education. And, and that alone will be the difference between you keeping your truck on the road for four or five years or selling your truck within the first year. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just important that we keep pushing out even by way of social media. You know, we have a few, um, we got a, an Instagram private group. Where we just kind of push information through it every day. That group, there's people who are brokers. You have you have uh, shippers. You have people who um, who are new to the industry, people who are well-versed in the industry. We just put them all into one room and just they're asking questions all day, you know, all day long. And I'm jumping on there and I'm answering as much as I can. Other people are seasoned, they're answering questions. I think we just need more, we need more safe spaces like that to, to solve a lot of these issues. Obviously supply chain, there's a lot of parts on back order. Freightliner has sometimes two, three weeks wait before they can even do a diagnostic. Those are things that we can't avoid, right? Um, but the things that we can, we need to make sure that we're doing everything possible to, to prevent these things from, from happening. You kind of know the problems. Well, not all of them. There's always unique things that, right. that crop right. up, but um, you know most of the problems that you're gonna have. And so the job is just to anticipate 
their inevitability <laughs> and right. have a have a system in place to address that right um, pretty yeah pretty good way of of, of putting this just the the general um business ownership thing you know you mentioned maintenance um do, do you have a in-house maintenance or uh when you, when you when you bring those bring the trucks in for inspections are you are you shopping that out to a um i would love to have um you know have a mechanic right here on on site and have a facility but th this mechanic she has her own facilities we just or we actually was doing a um we went to an event and i was i was guest speaker at an event in north carolina and actually met her and um i thought it was pretty phenomenal what she was doing and she's big on education right i mean education is big um and, and that's what i love about her because every time we have a breakdown if it's something i've never handled she's going to walk me through the process you know why it happened how it happened how we can prevent it from happening um and so and then she speaks directly to our drivers as well because some things these drivers can can, can handle on the truck without having to have roadside come out you know charging 150 dollars an hour and you're sitting all day some things that we can kind of fix ourselves so that's why we, we've been sticking with her she she's big again she's big on education so it kind of it kind of helps us you know um, along along the way with these uh these especially the newly storm yeah she she there in your area she's in atlanta yep yeah yep. yep. what's her name yep sam sam from smart decision Art decision yeah yeah she's she's pretty knowledgeable um she and again sometimes she's helping us with all issues just over the phone you know she'll say hey let me just facetime the driver he's not in atlanta but let me see if i can get this truck back up and going um so you know she's a huge part of what we're doing here I asked Mike Nelms what he'd seen in terms of interest rates on truck loans for new owner operators getting into the business. Curious about the subject, given the hikes in the benchmark federal funds rate we saw in 2022. It's more expected in 2023. You can access my reporting on that subject now at overdriveonline.com. It aired just yesterday, Thursday, January 19th. Nelms noted third-party lenders on Ritchie Brothers and Iron Planet auction deals he'd been a part of prior to 2022's rise in rates were sitting as high as about 15% interest after 20% down, and a Business Course Academy partnered lender with 20 plus percent interest after a year at zero interest. Mind you, all of it for owners brand new to trucking business ownership. Those rates square with what I reported from Commercial Fleet Financing's Matt Monero speaking about similarly situated owners yesterday. Nelmswell knows the new business challenge himself. I've only been in it almost nine years. So much has changed and there's so many people getting in it. Um, one, without the support, right? They just don't have the support. They don't have the, the knowledge of it. Um, you know, just how expensive these breakdowns are, how expensive these toll records are. Um, they just don't, they just haven't invested in themselves as far as the knowledge goes. So they're not in it for a long time. And of course, these banks, they want their money, right? They want their money. It's a high risk um, industry, you know, getting these trucks. Most companies aren't lasting three years. And that's a big reason why one, we wanted to put on this rooftop mixer to provide funding so that you can handle these breakdowns. You can handle payroll. If your truck has to sit for a week, God forbid it's at a freight liner and they haven't even looked at it yet. You can, you can still afford to keep your business afloat. Um, the other part of, of what we do is other than the mentorship um, is is that we allow people to lease on. So we're essentially running your company for you. And at the same time, we're educating you. You know, why do we make this decision? You know, why do we come up with this solution um, and just how to manage the driver? You know, sometimes the investor isn't, you know, it's easier when we're leasing on someone who is a driver, you know, an owner operator. But when it's an investor, it's so much more that they have to learn um, to make sure that they're receiving a proper return on their investment. So. I just think, you know, the banks understand that. They understand that this industry is, is turning a little bit, it's changing a little bit. 
Um, and they have to protect their investment by charging more for the interest or even getting a larger payment um, up front. How many owner operators do you have leased? We have leased one now, probably 16, about 16. Wow, okay. As far as the owner operators go, yeah. So we, um, they take on 85% of the load. We take on 15%. Um, and I mean, they're, they're happy. We, we are, we are so family oriented, right? So I think that's why a lot of our drivers, they stay, um, and plus they, you know, we give them as much knowledge as we can. Anytime we learn something, we're passing it along. Um, we do Zooms just like this, um, every month so that, you know, we kind of bring everybody together, um, anything that they need us to, to kind of change or check up on or, or, you know, what they think about how things ran for that month. Of course, we give them those pay slips every week. So they're seeing all the, the loads and the deductions and, you know, just understanding, you know, how to properly run their equipment, uh, even down to how to pay their drivers. Like, you know, a lot of times investors are just that. You have some investors who are like really all in, you know, they're so they're so in tune to what's going on. And you have some investors who invest in multiple different things and they're not really they're not really too. Um, they're not really interested in trucking, but they're interested in what they can make from it. So but either way, you know, we love it. We still give the same information to, to everybody. It's just, you know, up to you what to digest or not. Among those doing plenty of digesting is Rhode Island-based Carolina Correa. A fairly newly minted owner of a 2016 Freightliner Cascadia she put on with Nelms Keep Trucking Transportation after a less than stellar experience leasing to another fleet. Correa is not an owner-operator in the traditional sense, but rather came to an interest in trucking as an investor. To this day, she has a full-time job as a fundraiser for the state of Rhode Island, sort of go-between for the state with private corporate philanthropists and investors. You can read a little more about her year and a half or so with Nelm's company in the post that houses this podcast, overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. It's been a learning experience, no doubt. She lauds Nelms and the staff at the small fleet for the operational support they've provided. Likewise, the quarterback of the whole operation, as she calls the employed driver, she pays a flat $1,800 a week, certainly above average for an operator of company equipment, with a variety of bonuses as well. Now with one truck and three trailers, which she leases out, she's clearing $9,000 to $11,000 in monthly profit after expenses. The 30-year-old in Korea has long been interested in real estate investment, but says that nowhere in America could she invest in a piece of property that would pay those kinds of regular dividends. It was the pandemic and its foregrounding of the essential importance of trucking in the U.S. economy that sparked her interest in the first place. Among owners who fit her investor category, leased with Keep Trucking, Nelm says, But most are like, you know, they're really into it. Trucking to me is fun. You know, we try to make it as fun as possible. You know, whoever can, whoever does the most miles or whoever, you know, whoever brings in the most money, we just, you know, we like to have little games that we play. You have to make it fun. This is a very stressful industry. And so you have everything you can think of just to keep people happy, keep them smiling, right? Um, so so that, that's kind of what we do. We like to have as much fun with it as possible. Um, of course, we're checking on our drivers all day, every day. They probably get tired of us checking on them because we check on them all day. Not to not worried about what's your ETA, but like, how are you doing on the road? You know, um, you know, and that's and that's again, it's a family-based business, so a lot of times they may come to us with just regular home problems, right? And we're here to listen, um, and then we'll get back to trucking. But you know, we're definitely here to to try to you know help you guys, you know, help them figure out what's going on, or you can tell when your drivers aren't having a good week or a good day. You can just tell, right? And so we want to not pride, but still just let them know, hey, we're here. Like, we're here. If you, get, you know, you got anything you want to get off your chest or, you know, just talk to us. So I think I think that's why a lot of our drivers stay with us, if they're owners, owner operators, um, just because we we really care and we show it. And then, we're again, we're teaching along the way. So any event that they want to go get their own MCDLT, 
um, they're going to feel comfortable doing it. They'll definitely know how to run run their own trucking company. In terms of uh, freight that you guys are moving, are you utilizing uh, mostly brokers, or is it uh, you have some direct customers as well? Uh, our fleet manager she did put together some direct customers, um, so that that's pretty cool. I love it. I love it it's so much easier. Um, we get a lot of brokers that call us. We do a lot of the same loads, um, even if it's not a dedicated lane. They may say, "Hey, you know, we got 10, 10 of these a week." I'll say, "Okay, put these four trucks on it." Um, and the reason why we why we split our loads up is because it's important that you know if a driver's going to be out seven days you know, five days on a row, we want to try to get them home as often as possible, even though they can't, you know, they got a load to deliver, say they got to, you know, pass through Atlanta and they live in Atlanta and load drops in North Carolina. Hey, he's got an extra five hours. He can go home for a few hours and then just hit back on the road. You know, it's important that um, I think drivers just starting to get a little bit more lonely on the road. And it's important that you can just still pass them through home, even if it's in the middle of a work week. Um, so, you know, that that's I think that's important. We teach that a lot in our dispatch training class teach it a lot um, to our new dispatchers like you know you gotta always have you you gotta always put your driver first again in the words of carolina korea quarterback of the whole operation you know it's good that we have investors but the driver is always going to be our primary focus and you got to pick up on those days when they just don't feel like trucking and it's okay to shut it down for a day you know i tell people trucking is not a get rich quick it's not a side hustle you're in this for the long haul right no pun intended but you're in this for the long haul <laughs> Not getting one low is not going to shut your company down. It's okay to shut it down. Let the driver rest. You know, give them that extra bonus day. Um, and, and trust me, they will go as hard as they can for you when they see that you're putting forth, you know, the effort to make sure that they're okay. So we we that a lot. I mean, I, I know for a fact a lot of people, dispatchers, um, they don't consider that sometimes. So we make sure that we put that in our dispatch training class, you know. It's, they're not robots. They do need sleep. And just because they're not on the load doesn't mean they went to sleep. Okay. So there's times where, you know, you say, well, he's got a 10 hour break. Well, what if he didn't sleep? What if he only got two, three hours of sleep? Ask your driver, is he ready for a load or is she ready for a load? Don't just book him a load in the morning and shoot him a load, you know? So that's important though. That's important. A driver told me that about three years ago. So just because I'm off don't mean I'm asleep. I said, you know what? I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. <laughs> So I'll make sure I'll put that in, in every training course. And, um, Guard against making assumptions, right? Yeah. Actually communicate. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. big. As you know, that's that's major. Yeah. yeah. When you train dispatchers, are you training them to work for you? Or is this just a, you know, gain general knowledge and go out in there and use it however you can? So it depends if we have openings. So we have openings, we're always going to pick directly from people who we've already trained. It just makes sense because, you know, once you get hired, you're going to hear the same information. The way we dispatch is from an um, owner perspective. And I understand that, you know, we may do a little bit too much, but it's what's needed. So even if they're not leased on, you should still work with them as if they are. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're charging them, you know, a, a less percent because they're not leased on. You need to still give those same services. Um, the other day, one of my one of my dispatchers, she was on the phone trying to get a tow and get this truck service. She's probably on the phone for like three hours. Now, of course, the owner could have done it, but would they have done it the right way, right? So um, so when we train our dispatch, and we, we always tell them everything that happens on that truck is your fault. So if the, if the driver didn't do his pre-trip, did you ask him? Did you make sure he did his pre-trip? Did he do his region? Did he, you know, did he drain the, did he drain the tanks properly, the water tanks, the air tanks properly? Did, you know, these things are, you know, a great dispatcher is going to run the truck as if they own it. So we teach from a dispatch, we teach from an owner perspective, not just get on a load board, call a load off DAT, book a load and go on to the next one. Right. You know, you have to make sure that the fuel makes sense. How much fuel did it take to pick and drop this load? When is the load going to drop? Does the driver have enough drive time? 
you know, did you did you help them route plan? Some drivers don't know how to route plan correctly. And it just is what it is. But as a dispatcher, you should. You know, so these are things that you just have to pick up on, you know, on when's his downtime, when's his home time. Um, you know, what time did he get to the receiver, to, to the shipper? You know, if his appointment was at eight o'clock, did he get there at seven? Like, you know, if it's, if it's first come, first serve. Like, these are things that a dispatcher has to always have in mind because their their job isn't just to book a load and make money up the load. It's to make sure that that investor or that owner operator is able to stay afloat. And it's always going to be based on what loads you pick. So, um, you know, is it mountains? Does driving, did you onboard the driver properly to know if he even wants to drive upstate in, you know, 10 feet of snow? I'm from Buffalo, right? So you gotta, you gotta check the weather. You gotta make sure that, that you know, they're not going through mountains if they don't want to drive through mountains. So, so that's how we dispatch, you know, it's just a little different, hard on our dispatchers, but yes, we do hire from our training class. Um, you know, of course, if we have a, of a need for a new dispatch, we will hire directly from our training class. How many dispatchers do you have right now working with those 22 we have dispatchers. We have six. Wow. Dispatchers. Now I know the rule of thumb is you know five trucks for every one dispatcher. Um, but you know, we just you know, we have a, a couple extra dispatchers. Um just because it takes the pressure off of them. You know, it takes the pressure off of them. And we don't want dispatchers just getting up and booking anything just to get the day over, right? So which we see a lot of it. And, and there's a lot of issues with, with, with this dispatcher. There's a big boom. I've never seen it before in the last couple of years where everybody's wanting to work from home and be a dispatcher. So you got to make sure you got, you got quality dispatchers. Um, and those are going to come. The money's going to come. But it's not going to come if you dispatch, you know, these, these uh, you know, $1.80 a mile on a, on, a, on a reefer just to get the load out there. You won't be dispatching that truck soon because they won't be in the industry. So <laughs> that's you gotta, right. right. You got you to protect your investors so that they can continue to invest. And that's how you can build your, you know, your dispatch portfolio. You mentioned that boom in dispatching, right? There's a, and there's a lot of consternation about that out, out there amongst uh, the legal professionals. And and uh, I know the FMCSA has issued some new uh, interim guidance on uh, on a lot of those relationships between uh, dispatchers and brokers and carriers. And have you looked at those? Does, do those, do they present problems for, I don't know, uh, the model that I imagine people that you're training end up going out and working under, you know, like do those guidelines mess things up for the people that are, that are coming out of your class or, 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 or is the opposite of the case, you know, because I, I, when I saw those, those, that guidance, I, I thought to myself, you know, of the dispatchers that I know that are independent dispatchers and working with a lot of, a lot of different carriers, small carriers, owner-operators, pretty much all of them can satisfy all of these things. That stood out um, was not being able to be paid directly from the factory company. That's a big one. I I'm going to tell you why, because <laughs> there's there's good trucking companies and obviously there's bad ones. And, um, you know, and I've heard the horror stories of, well, you know, I dispatched for a week and they're not paying me now um, because they have to pay them directly. And so that that's probably the hardest thing that that's the hardest thing that hit um, a lot of dispatchers not being able to be paid directly from the broker as the uh, from the uh, factor company as the loads are being factored it's the safest way the money's secure um and so doing away with that it just leaves it 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 leaves too much out there to where the, the dispatchers are afraid they're not going to get paid and in fact there's companies that's not paying now, i understand when the company goes under you know, what can you do? But there's companies that's not going under that's still not paying the dispatchers. And, and, and because there's so many dispatchers, right? Because of the boom, 
these companies are saying, well, hell, I'll just go get another dispatcher. And that's what they're doing. And it's unfortunate. And there's no, there's, there's no way. I mean, you're talking of, you know, five, $600. You're not going to have a lawsuit over five, $600. So they're just out. They're just out of it. Um, For any independents out there who've ever been stiffed by a broker, I imagine that probably sounds quite familiar. The unregulated independent dispatch business model can indeed be tenuous, and it's fairly up in the air where FMCSA will ultimately go with any full-on guidance. There's a reason, though, that some transportation lawyers see such businesses as brokers in disguise, without the financial security in the form of the surety bond required of brokers to assure their carriers have recourse in the event of non-payment, but also without their own recourse if they themselves don't get paid, as Nelms points out. You know, that's the question I get a lot. Um, even in my DM, you know, well, how do I get paid? So I was just telling them, get paid per load. Everything is, you know, and, and the big thing is that a lot of people don't have contracts in place. That's another topic. That's another topic for another day. But, yeah. you know, not having the proper contracts in place is the reason why a lot of dispatchers are not being paid. It's carriers, after all, doing the stiffing of the dispatcher in the examples he's referencing. In any case, you can find FMCSA's interim guidance on when independent dispatch services need a brokerage authority and when they don't via a link in the show notes and the post that houses this podcast for January 20, 2023 at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. You can find more information about Nelm's Atlanta headquartered Keep Trucking Transportation via links there too with a variety of resources at the company's website. Big thanks to Michael Nelms for his time. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, the acoustic guitar and other support of Trucker Songwriter, and Overdrive contributor Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Lamech, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishamingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Mr. Andrew Marshall. Podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor Matt Cole, social media coordinator Holly Young, executive editor Alex Lockie, and video editors Lawson Rudisel and Andrew Gwynn. Big thanks again to Overdrive Radio sponsor House. You can find them at House, that's H O W E S, houseproducts.com. Until next time, keep it proud.